1: And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay.
0: Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash?
1: I just said our cash isn't content. Shh.
0: (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. 99% of arguments have nothing to do with facts.
1: That is actually a fact. And deadass, I swear I don't be trying to piss you off, DeVal. it just be happening sometimes.
0: That remains to be seen, deadass.
1: Hey, I'm Kadeen.
0: And I'm DeVal.
1: And we're the Ellis's.
0: You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys.
1: And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy.
0: Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days wow
1: (laughs) oh and one more important thing to mention we're married
0: yes sir we Mm -hmm. are we created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics
1: things most folks don't want to talk about
0: through the lens of a millennial married couple dead ass is a term that we say every day so when we say dead ass we're actually saying facts 100 the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth (laughs) we about (laughs) to take pillow talk to a whole new level
1: Dead Ass starts right now. Just know that there's two sides to every story, y'all. So go ahead with your story time, DeVal.
0: You see, you see how I didn't even get a chance to say anything. And she's already just, ready to argue. It you was see just that? The, there you was no argument. I
1: was making a disclaimer.
0: Okay. I'm going to tell y'all <laughs> how me and Kay had one of the... First of all, this, here is the answer to the number one question I get on social media. Do you and Kadeem ever argue? Yes. Fuck yeah. Yes. And it it get crazy sometimes. (laughs) It does. Okay. And the reason why people say we don't ever see her argue. Yeah, because we are too busy arguing to pick up a phone and show you that we arguing. (laughs) That's the only reason why you don't see it. But we be in here arguing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't remember the date, but Mm -hmm. we did have a podcast where I talked about burnout and we talked about burnout. Mm Mm-hmm. And I told you we were going to do a whole podcast about how the burnout turned out to be a burnout in our marriage, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Kadeen was, well, Kadeen is still the matron of honor in her best friend Tiffany's wedding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Was also, I know that's your best friend, but Tiffany was more like my friend, but-
1: More like your friend? That's-, that's me See, now we're going to argue there. about who friend she is that's more there. of. That's so, my, whatever. Anywho.
0: My college roommate, <laughs> my college sweetmate, mate, Stephen mm-hmm. Bowen,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and his ex-wife- Tiffany Bowen, we met them around the same time. Mm -hmm. But Tiffany and I used to argue all the time when we used to go on couples retreats Mm -hmm. because we have the same personality.
1: Yeah, you all are very similar. Very similar. So Mm -hmm. because of
0: that, we created a bond where it's just Mm -hmm. like, that's my homie. Everybody used to be like, y'all always arguing. We like to debate. We like to challenge each other. And we like to challenge popular thought. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing about me, if you guys haven't noticed, is that I'm never just going to say what everyone else is saying just to be a part of the
1: echo chamber you know, yeah. or, the, or the
0: conversation. Right, because a
1: lot of times we'll be like, oh, don't you have something to say about XYZ that's happening out in current events? And you're just like, no, I'm not going to jump in any argument right. or every argument, nor right. am I going to piggyback off of somebody else's thought Absolutely. or idea. So.
0: I only feel to engage in conversations if I have an original thought, mm-hmm. which is why so often I've always been like, the topic of conversation, because they'd be like, what the fuck is DeVal talking about? <laughs> it's an original thought. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm helping if I'm going to just keep saying what everybody else is saying so people can say, yeah, DeVal is right. Nah, if I agree with what everybody else is saying, then my opinion doesn't really matter any as much. But if, if I think it's different, then I'll say something. But that's neither here nor there. Tiffany and I have the same <laughs> personality. We're also both very type A workaholics, and you and Steve are both very laid back, like, I'm on vacation. I'm trying to drink and tan and have fun. I don't feel like debating about politics. So me and Tiffany became real close, but Kay and Tiffany became really, really close as they shared a lot of bonds as moms and wives of NFL players and you know, two best friends because me and Steve are close. like We're extremely close. So she is what well, was the matron of honor in her wedding. Steve and Tiffany got divorced. Tiffany remarried. Shout out to Dane, great guy. And here's the thing. Dane... If, if there's ever two people who you need to watch co-parent.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: And create a space for each other mm-hmm. to be happy to move forward after divorce. Oh, yeah. It's Tiffany and Steve. That's the blueprint. I don't know how they were able to... Well, I mean, they did go to therapy, but amicably split and mm-hmm. then support each other in oh, yeah. business, business ventures, children, uh, relationships afterwards... It was just amazing to watch. Yeah, it really is. Tiffany remarried and she was getting married in Jamaica. I wanted to be there so bad. And the reason why I gave you that whole backstory is because Tiffany is my friend. Mm -hmm. Like, like, I know she's your friend, but she was my friend. Agreed. When I started my training business and I was starting to build, she hired me to be her trainer. She didn't say, yo, let me get the homie discount. Mm -hmm. I used to drive to Harlem. She paid me my market value and we used to spend an hour and a half, three times a week, Mm -hmm. Building And like helping her build her body But also just talking about What we wanted for ourselves Like Mm -hmm. it was therapy for both of us Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to go to this wedding And it was in Jamaica We had a long year So I was just ready to just get away Mm -hmm. I told you guys a story About how I was burnt out Um, I passed out in my room When we were filming Sisters and Crystal came in And the medic came in And all this stuff happened And I thought I was having a stroke at this time, Kay was already in Jamaica. That was a Friday. Kay had left for Jamaica on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The boys had gotten sick. My parents flew in to help me because they knew I was filming and the boys needed uh, needed help you know, moving from practice to school. So my parents flew in and Kay did her best. She also got my grandparents to come in. So there were four adults and my sister came in, five adults. But everybody got sick. That Friday, I'm driving home. I'm disoriented. I'm still trying to get home because it's a about an hour ride from the studio to the crib and I'm driving, I'm driving and I'm like, let me call Kay so I can talk to somebody on my way home. I called, I said, hey babe, I had an incident at work. I'm not feeling well. Um, they almost had to call an ambulance. I told them not to because I wanted to finish filming and I'm telling Kay all the stuff that's going on and Kay's first words back to me were, so you're not going to make it to Jamaica? And that was the beginning of the snowball effect that became the biggest miscommunication we've had in, I'd say probably about time. five years. It's been about yeah, five years.
1: at the very least. Maybe yeah, seven.
0: Yeah, because seven years. Because the last time we had an argument like this or a miscommunication that became this big mm-hmm. was in the gym, mm-hmm. which we talked about in the book.
1: Yeah.
0: When uh, you told me you were pregnant with Cairo.
1: Right.
0: Well, right before you told me you were pregnant with Cairo. Because mm-hmm. once she told me she was pregnant with Cairo, that's when the whole, <laughs> that, all the arguments went out the window and we oh, were yeah, all each Oh yeah, that snowball just melted. <laughs> but, um... She said, you're not going to make it to Jamaica. Instantly, I'm feeling taken for granted. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling like, okay, so clearly my health isn't a priority right here. All you care about is me getting to Jamaica so that I could be there with you because everyone else has their partner there. And I'm just telling her, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure yet. I'll see how I feel in the morning, but... As of right now, I really don't feel that like, well. I don't know if I should travel because I also don't know if I have the flu or if I have COVID or whatever. I don't want to give it to people. And I'm talking to her about how I feel. And she goes, well, whatever you do, make sure you call Delta to get your money back. And I'm like, dang, she's still just talking about the flight. She still hasn't even asked me if I'm okay. And I got home. I told her I was home. My parents were here. They gave me some hot tea and everything. I went to sleep. And that was the last conversation I had had with Kay. Because Kay was in Jamaica doing her duties as a matron of honor. The rest of the story, I'm gonna bring Kay in on because I want her to give her side while I give my side so y'all don't get lost.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But that was the beginning of the biggest miscommunication in our marriage in the past seven years. Listen,
1: I am alone at a crossroads. Sing, baby. I- not at home in my own home, and I tried and tried, tried and tried. It was on my mind, it's on my mind. You should have known. No. Uh, so no, listen. <laughs> <laughs> when you tell me they should have known, that's probably the first mistake that you make. Yes. In communication spiraling out of control. Yes. Assuming that people should know how you feel is a problem. Yes. So let's take a little break pay some bills and we'll come back and we give y'all, we'll do a little dance here. We'll
0: do a dance and dissect.
1: Yeah. We'll do a dance. We'll go happened. back and forth and talk about what happened. And I don't think it's necessarily that we're going to decipher who was right or wrong, but at least we can understand better. Yeah, Cause you was wrong. So we we're bo- not
0: going to have to decipher that. Let's take a break and come back and talk anyway, about who was wrong. Anyway.
1: <laughs> this show is sponsored by better help. Listen, y'all losing two loved ones in a matter of six months
0: In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience.
1: Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing.
0: Oh, yeah, that's kind of weird. You do that?
1: Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated near body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right, y'all, we're back. Um, and where did you leave off in the story? So I left is Friday night, you came Friday home. Friday night, came home. Right. So initially when DeVal called me, my first instinct, yes, was to be disappointed. Because literally the entire time that I was there from the Wednesday... I was looking forward to him getting to Jamaica so that we can be together, A, because we had not been away except for St. Lucia before that for a quick weekend. But at that point, you know, it's a wedding weekend. Y'all know how wedding weekends are. Everybody's in love The atmosphere is yeah. amazing Jamaica is our favorite place to, to visit It's where I'm from We're both dual citizens So my entire family was also there My brother, my mm-hmm. sister, my parents My best friend Christina came in DeVal's absence To kind of hold stuff down Because she's also friends with Tiffany Brendan, mm-hmm. my uh, sister's fiance was there So everyone was literally like Damn, we can't wait for DeVal to get here So anything that transpired between Wednesday and Friday We were all like Oh my God, DeVal would love this Wait till DeVal gets here Wait till he gets here So the initial reaction was disappointment when I heard that you weren't feeling well and you wouldn't be able to make it. And that's in turn why I said, well, shit, make sure you hit Delta because I know it was also going to be timely. You were supposed to check into a flight and and get on a flight within a couple hours. And that plane ticket was like $2,500.
0: And I wanted to go so bad. I bought two plane tickets, one on a Friday night and one on a Saturday because I wanted to, I wanted to get there so bad that I wanted to make sure. Okay, if I can't get there the Friday evening, I at least already have my plane ticket on Saturday to go. Literally, so I really wanted to go.
1: Right. So part of me was like, shit, that that cost the grip. So I was like, call him immediately to cancel your flight. But I also stayed on the phone with you because you said you weren't feeling well. You yeah. passed out. So. I was concerned about you driving home alone. So I said, all right, let me step away from... And things were kind of winding down, activities for that night. So we were on the phone pretty much to your entire drive home. I had even said to you, do you want me to call our driver to pick you up? Right. You said, no, I'm just trying to get home. I'll get home faster if I have to wait for him. So at this point, I'm just trying to figure out and decipher how bad things are.
0: So you also were extremely quiet. And the reason why we're going to have a back and forth in this is because Mm -hmm. I want you guys to hear the perspectives, but also hear what the person was actually going through mm-hmm. so we were on the phone together but kadeem was quiet she was disappointed i was driving and trying to focus because like i said in the other story um, they had to give me some ivs i mean they had to give me a liquid iv i had to take some medication i still had to finish filming and we didn't get done till twelve thirty. so on top of being fatigued remember i had lost 15 pounds from the monday to Friday through Mm -hmm. dehydration for nobody else's fault but my own Mm -hmm. because I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. So I was really, really out of it. And at that moment, all I really wanted was my wife to be like, baby, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Baby, are you okay? Talk to me. Let's talk this through. Just give me some energy. I wanted her to uplift me in that moment on this 45-minute drive home. But instead, all I got was quietness. And when she did say something, it was Make sure that you call Delta to get your money back. So for me, it just felt like, damn, she really doesn't care how I feel in this moment. She's just more upset that I'm not going to be able to be there with her. That's how I felt driving home.
1: And for 45 minutes, naturally, I wasn't going to be speaking the entire time for 45 minutes. But I did ask... Do you want me to call the nurse because we have a mobile nurse who will come to the house and give IVs, which I had gotten on that Monday before I left for Jamaica because I, too, felt like, "Mm, I got a little tickle in my throat. I don't want to be sick in Jamaica. So she came to the house and gave me a loaded IV. So I didn't just ask about the Delta flight return. I did say, are you able to drive? Are you good? And I know you were saying just like, I'm just trying to get home. I'm trying to get home. I said, do you want me to call the nurse and see if she can come first thing in the morning for you? Like, I didn't just disregard well, how no, you felt, though.
0: Well, no, the, the nurse thing happened on Saturday because I didn't tell you about my weight until Saturday morning. No, it
1: wasn't about the weight. You had told me that night that you felt like you were dehydrated because your blood pressure was low. And when I gave my sister your blood pressure, she said, oh, yeah, he's probably definitely dehydrated. Yeah, my blood that pressure was That was Friday was low. night. It was,
0: it was 100...
1: It was like hundred over like seventy or something. Yeah, it was, or 100, it was something. hundred 100 over sixty, low. something like really, it was something really, really, low. really, really low. And when I said it to my sister that Friday night, she was like, "Oh, it sounds like you might be dehydrated." Right. So that's when I said I would try to get the nurse to you first thing Saturday morning because I know your concern was working. But again, you probably felt like I wasn't showing enough of and concern. I was, and I was, and you were very disoriented. I was dis-
0: disoriented. I was. I was. I was concerned about you driving home. I was home medicated, too. and I was just out of it. I mm-hmm. just in that moment. Like I'm saying, when it's miscommunication, what I heard didn't sound like concern. What I heard sounded like frustration that I wasn't going to be in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And I had tried to do everything to get there. Right. So I felt bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I was also upset at myself. Um, I told Kay, I told my parents, I was like, I can't blame anybody else for my state right now. But me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, I told you that. I told my parents that my parents were like, are you OK? I said, um, no, I'm not OK. And I'm mad at myself because I'm always on top of everyone else about yeah. their health. Yep. I'm always on top of Kay about getting sleep. I'm always on always. top of Kay about drinking water and working always. out. And I didn't do that. Right. I'm on top of my father about his health with diabetes. I'm on top uh-huh. of my mom with her swollen foot and her blood pressure. I'm on top of everybody else. And I was just pissed at myself. So there was a uh, also a lot of self-loathing. And at the time, I didn't know it was burnout. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what was going on with me emotionally. Right. So I went to sleep that night. I was mm-hmm. upset at Kadeen um, mm-hmm. and I was upset at myself mm-hmm. because I felt like Kadeen just didn't care. I felt like she was only focused on me not being there for the wedding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when I woke up in the morning, um, I went to bed that's not, that night at like...
1: It was like 11.30. 11.30, yeah. yeah we, and I called you at 6 a.m. Saturday morning because I was concerned. I barely slept that night. I was concerned because I was like, damn, you know, I want to make sure he's okay. But I remember calling you at 6 in the morning. I set my alarm, called you at 6 in the morning and... I said, hey, I know you're probably still asleep. Go back to sleep. I just want to see, just hear your voice, see if you're okay. Do you remember that happening?
0: No, yeah. I don't remember that I happening. called
1: you. Yeah, so 6 a.m. I called. She and I said, stuff, guys. Deval, <laughs> don't let me start pulling out phone records because you know I will. That's
0: it. You can pull out phone records. I, I'm just throwing a joke because it's really not that serious now because we discussed it.
1: I know, but I'm just saying my but, part of the
0: story. But don't get mad if I'm I throw a joke. I'm nah, you mad. was get a little, I heard a little volatility. Duval, shut if up. If that even a word. Shut up, Deval. I heard a little anyway, volatility just now. I called now. you at
1: six in the morning to check on you. I said, I know you're probably still asleep. You need your sleep. Go back to sleep. Call me when you just, your body wakes up. Yeah. Right. And you called me around 10 a.m.
0: Yes. I woke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I woke you FaceTimed up, me. I FaceTimed you at yeah. around 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you was just like, hey, how you feeling? Mm-hmm. I had slept. So- Almost twelve hours at that point. No, it wasn't twelve right? hours because no. I, I wasn't home that early. Remember, I had to drive home. I had gotten a shower. I took more, some more medication. I think it was around
1: eleven thirty. So I woke, I woke. I up. remember this only because it was such a big argument that certain like the details are like sticking your head when you feel like you have to like prove a point. But all
0: I do know is that I did yeah. sleep a long time, mm-hmm. and I don't remember getting a phone call because I was, I was well, on you Nyquil. Were I was yeah. on Nyquil. I was dehydrated. I, I remember you saying you days. drank like
1: four bottles of water and didn't even use yeah, the bathroom I,
0: once. I, that's how I knew I was dehydrated. I drank so much water and I didn't have to use the bathroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I woke up, I FaceTimed Kay. We had a conversation. I think at that point you were getting hair and makeup done or you were doing something.
1: Not quite yet. I FaceTimed you that morning. you FaceTimed me time FaceTimed that morning, morning when morning. you woke up? My mom and sister were nearby. I think we had just finished having right. breakfast. We were sitting on the balcony. So we were all looking at you like, how do you feel? You had looked pretty good. I think yeah, maybe you, you needed me sleep. Yeah, you how I felt. And mm-hmm. I said I felt better. Yeah.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. So... This is where another miscommunication came in. Mm -hmm. I felt better. That didn't mean I felt good. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And me feeling better meant that I felt better than I did yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yet the day before, I felt like I was having a stroke. I legitimately was like scared to death when he told me my blood pressure. And I thought I I was like, yo, am I having a stroke? Like, did I overwork myself to the point where my body is not functioning? So I was afraid. Yeah, rightfully so. So when I woke up the next morning and I felt better, I was like, okay, I feel, I feel better. Started going throughout the day because also when they talked about the burnout episode, the whole reason why I didn't stay on campus and I traveled back and forth is because Jackson and Cairo and was like, man, daddy's always gone. So I wanted to be present in those moments because the following week I had to go back to work again. Jackson had practice. Cairo also had football practice. So I took Jackson to practice. Took Kyra to practice, came back. know oh, Jackson had a game. Went to Jackson's game, came back, sat down and watched some football. And I believe you spoke to my mom. Because my mom had said to me, Deval, are you really going to go to the game? And yeah, I, I spoke like, to her after
1: the fact. Yeah. And I said
0: to my mom, I said, Mom, I'm a dad. They, like, their mom is not here. You're here with the babies. Jackson can't go to his game by himself. Like, like he just can't. So I took him to his game and I was there. I stayed the whole time for the game. He played well, came back home. I started to feel back to where I was feeling disoriented because you know how it is. When you first wake up, you feel good. you hydrated. Then you start moving a lot and then your head starts throbbing and you start to feel like, ooh. So I went back and I fell asleep throughout the day. Like random times throughout the day, I was falling asleep. And before I knew it, it was like the evening time. And then my mom was like, we need the humidifier. And I think this is where things started to ramp up for me as far as me getting upset at you, which was, I remember calling you or texting you and not hearing back directly from you. And then I was just like, let me FaceTime her to see if she can tell me where the humidifier was. So remember, the humidifier wasn't yeah. working. Yep, that was what I, I like also nine. did know mm-hmm. was that there were service issues over there. Mm-hmm. So I'm FaceTiming Kadeen, not getting no answer. Yeah, I end up figuring out the humidifier by myself. Mm-hmm. Finally... Dean facetimes me, I think it was like 11.30 was, at night. No, it was like 9. nine, it, was nine. nine. it was like yeah. 9 o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. She FaceTimed me. We spoke for maybe 30 seconds. You told me where the humidifier was. I said I fixed it. We got off the phone. Mm-hmm. Then I didn't speak to you for the rest of the night.
1: Mm-hmm. Not until about 2 a.m. I think I FaceTimed you. And I
0: was, I was and, asleep by then. This was then. Saturday, yeah. That was Saturday, and I was asleep by mm-hmm. then. So I was a little upset at that point, too, because I'm like, Dolo had heard I wasn't feeling well. He had texted me and called me all day. He FaceTimed me twice. I was so like out of it, I didn't want to speak to anybody. Crystal texted me, called me like, yo, I'm just checking on yesterday, you didn't look good. And when I didn't answer the text or the phone call, she tried to FaceTime me. I didn't want to talk to her neither. I just wanted my wife. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to speak to Brian, Jordan Jr. All my castmates who saw me that day, FaceTimed me that day because they were just like, yo, D, I've never seen you like this. Uh, Trinity, Mm -hmm. Cheeto, the only person that didn't FaceTime me to see who I was okay was you. And I think that was the biggest issue for me was that all of these other people that really don't matter to me as much as my wife. And mm-hmm. I'm saying that because I don't want to say they don't matter.
1: Right. No. Crystal's I the one it. who
0: who found me sleep and and passed out and called the medic and took, so she definitely matters. Brian is like, if y'all know me and Brian Jordan Jr.'s relationship, y'all know that's like my we little love brother.
1: Brian. He
0: FaceTimed mm-hmm. me and was like, yo, D, like, you can't do, you gotta do better for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like, dang, the only person who really didn't FaceTime me was my wife. And then on top of that, my brother in law is there, my sister in law is there, Brendan is there, who's gonna be my brother in law. My father in law, my mother's there, and nobody even called to FaceTime me to see if I was okay. I was hurt. Like, I I was legitimately hurt. And I felt like I didn't know what was going on on that side, but I felt like you guys were so engulfed in your world of Jamaica and enjoying each other's company that what was going on with DeVal didn't matter.
1: So on that Saturday, when you FaceTimed in the morning, so I'll backtrack, that was your account that was my on Saturday, account. Yeah. right? So Saturday, 6 a.m., I um, remember like getting up. I had set an alarm because I wanted to make sure I checked on you overnight, and I didn't know if I was going to be sleeping straight through or not, but called you 6 a.m., just said, hey, want to hear your voice. Make sure that you are right. Go back to sleep. Call me when you get up. You Facetime me around 10 a.m. I was on the balcony. No, the ban, the, the balcony. The balcony. <laughs> the balcony. <laughs> Bantany.
0: <laughs> Bantany.
1: <laughs> it's an inside joke. Well, not really. If y'all seen the meme with the Jamaican guy on the balcony.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trying <laughs> to say it? balcony.
1: On the balcony. I don't know. But he
0: didn't know how to pronounce balcony. Tantor
1: blacks. <laughs> he was on. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> to me I have this tongue. I love that one. <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorite videos. Anyway. I was on the balcony with my sister and my mom and we FaceTimed you. And that's when you had told my sister your blood pressure again. And mm-hmm. she was just like, you got to do better. You're definitely dehydrated. So mom was just like, you know, make sure you're taking your fluids and whatnot. You definitely looked better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, maybe he just needed some rest. So this is the day of the wedding now. So I, as matron of honor, was trying to do, you know, my matron of honorly duties. So I'm mm-hmm. moving around throughout the day. Because DeVal wasn't there and I knew he probably was having a little bit of FOMO probably because he just wasn't there. And aside from not feeling well, I was trying to kind of keep him abreast of what was happening. So he kind of felt like he was in the loop. So, you know, I'd sent him a video of Tiffany when she got her hair and makeup done. I was texting him throughout, sending him pictures of myself, like just little things like that. So he can kind of feel like he was included. Maybe I shouldn't have done that because that might have been adding insult to injury where you probably felt like, damn... I'm I'm getting like kind of salt rubbed in the wound because I'm not there and y'all are over here having a good time meanwhile I'm over here struggling with a house full of sick people and I don't feel well myself.
0: Can I tell you how I felt or you want to just continue?
1: Um let me continue Go and then ahead. yeah. So I was trying to like just, you know, send them little videos and stuff like that here. Once about two o'clock hit, then I was really in like trying to get dress mode, taking pictures. So I didn't always have my phone with me either. And then also, too, the wedding was outdoors. We're on the cliff on the edge of, you know, Negril in Jamaica. So there was service issues sometimes, too. But um, I had my phone close by. My hairstylist, Janelle, was there. She had my phone where I can just, you know, intermittently take a check and stuff. So once the wedding started at 4 p.m., which was the start time, it was literally like ceremony. And we're taking pictures and then after pictures, you get whisked away to sit for like two seconds and then you're walking into the Mm -hmm. reception. So it was literally back to back events. So if I was on a hiatus in DeVal's mind between the hours of like 2 p.m. and at least 7.30, 8 o'clock, it's because there were so many things going on back to back for the wedding. Um, Still, I tried to give little touch bases here and there. I had even contacted your dad because I said, I know how DeVal is. DeVal is the kind of person that will say, he's all right. I'm all right. I'm good. And I'm always used to him being okay. So I said, let me hit his dad up. So I called his dad and I say, hey, how is everything over there? Because the dad had also mentioned that a few of the family members weren't feeling okay. His dad was like, oh, don't worry about it, Poo. We got it under control. Everything's fine. Everything's all right. You know, you know, we can handle it. I too also didn't want to keep calling his mom and dad. So they felt like I didn't believe that they can take care of some sick children, you know. But also too, I wasn't trying to be insensitive to the fact that I wasn't there. And then now they're dealing with my four children two of whom were sick at the time, and then they were also getting sick, plus DeVal also being sick. So when I didn't um, contact DeVal after that, well, nine o'clock, you do FaceTime me about the humidifier. Yeah. And then I went back. It was the rest of the reception happening. And then I didn't FaceTime you again. I think it was until about 2 a.m.
0: I was asleep by When
1: Yeah. So then because they had like an after party, it was literally like a succession of events. And then you were asleep at that time. I was knocked. Knocked out. So we didn't speak until the next day.
0: Yeah. So... What, what bothered me during that day was you didn't call to, or you didn't FaceTime me throughout the day, to see how I'm feeling, nothing. You just kept sending me pictures about the wedding. So to me, it just seemed like the wedding was more important than anything that was going on over here. Which I didn't and, think
1: because your replies to everything I sent was like you were engaged in what was happening. So I didn't even think that. That's why I kept sending more.
0: Now I just want to point out that. Mm-hmm. When I was telling, when you were telling your story, I asked you if you wanted me to give my account in between, mm-hmm. and you said you wanted me to let you finish. Oh, sorry, you wanted now me to let you talking, finish. Now I'm talking, and then while I'm talking, you're gonna respond to everything I'm saying. Oh no, no but my this bad. is no, no, That's no. This fine. is just an example of how mm-hmm. arguments be happening in this house. Mm-hmm. Because I'll say to Kadeem, I'll let you talk. Let me know when you want me to intervene. She'll say, let me get my thought out. I'll let her get her thought out. The minute I start talking, she wants to rebuke. Everything I say without letting me finish my thought. Okay, that's this not This is bad. just an example so okay. that you can see Got you. why sometimes you're, you don't even see how I truly feel about things. Because mm-hmm. before I can finish my thought, you want to defend your stance. Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of where the miscommunication comes from. If I can't finish my thought in totality, you're defending something that hasn't even been presented to you yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So at
0: this point, it's like... You're defending something that I, I didn't even finish telling you what, what happened.
1: Okay, go for it. I, you know what? And I also, too, I know we've had this conversation several times. So seeing as though we're telling people this for the first time, that's my bad. I should let you give your, your thought in totality. So,
0: I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So over here, my dad is just like me. My dad could be in a house fire and you say, Scoop, how's everything going? It's cool, bro. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like he's always, and he said to me that he was going to say to you, Kay's in Jamaica. She can't help us. Me telling her what's going on over here or how bad it is over here is not going to help her at all. She can't help us. Let her just enjoy her time. And then when she gets back, she can help when she gets back. During this whole time, I'm also concerned about the fact that my grandparents drove in from Virginia. My grandfather is 75 this year. My grandmother is, I believe, 70. And... They were getting sick. So my concerns here were like, I don't want my grandparents to get sick. You know, what if it is COVID? What if it is the flu? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm stressed out. My parents are both sick. The kids got to go back to school on Monday. And on top of that, I have to go back to film on Monday. Mm -hmm. And while this is happening, I'm not getting any calls of concern from you. I'm just getting pictures of the wedding. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it just kind of seemed insensitive that... It's like, man, I'm going through a lot over here. I told you everything I went through last night. It seemed as if you weren't concerned. I have to be accountable because I always tell you I'm okay even when I'm not.
2: Mm-hmm. So you, time.
0: You feeling like I'm okay and I'm going to handle it is not really your fault because I always tell you that. I did also feel like the times you called my dad, you could have called me. Now, you just explained why you called my father. So I understand that. But think about it in real time. Mm-hmm. My father's not even saying to me, I spoke to Kay. To Kay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. And your mom. And, and so in this in real time, I'm not hearing that anybody heard from Kay. Mm-hmm. It's just Kay sends me pictures. When I try to call or text, I don't get no response. And now it's 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. I haven't heard from my wife all day. Mm-hmm. And I'm exhausted. I'm going to go to sleep.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I hadn't heard from you. Right. So I was upset. So if I'm being 100% honest... In that moment on Saturday, I felt like if the tables were turned, I would have got on a flight first thing Saturday night as soon as the reception was over and I would have been home Sunday morning. That's what I was thinking. Like If I knew that my wife was going through all of this at home and everybody was sick and all this stuff was happening and my wife has to go back to work on Monday, I'm going to get home as best I can because I want to be able to be of support to my wife. And when I didn't even get anything from you all day Saturday, it was just like, she really doesn't care. And then Sunday morning happens, and you called me Sunday morning, and I was in a bad, bad mood, and then we had another conversation Sunday morning.
1: Right. So on Saturday, it wasn't that I wasn't in touch with you. You didn't want me to be—you wanted me to be in touch with you a certain kind of way. And I mistook that on my end as just like, oh, well, DeVal can't be here. You know, things don't seem that bad at home, because when I spoke to your mom, your mom said to me verbatim— okay, DeVal's a grown man and he's going to do what he wants to do. And we've made provisions for him to take a nap here and there. And he won't. He wanted to go to the game. He went to the game. So so in hearing that, I'm like, okay, so hearing that from her, hearing that from your dad, and then seeing you on Saturday morning, seeing that you looked better, I was like, oh, he probably just really needed some hydration and some sleep. And he was able to get up and keep it moving. Also, too, I have reached out to the nurse about coming to give an IV to you. On that Saturday, she said she couldn't make it Saturday morning, but she was going to come to you in the evening. So I was arranging all that from Jamaica to make sure that you would at least get someone seen because I know you didn't want to go to a hospital or anything. You were just trying to get better for Monday. Um, So after speaking to your mom, speaking to your dad and all that, it's a Sunday morning now. Like there would have been no way for me to get out with the wedding being Saturday night. There would have been no way for me to get out of Jamaica Saturday night, right? The earliest I probably could have left would have been on Sunday. So when we spoke early Sunday morning, I think it was around maybe 8 a.m., that's when you blew up on me on the phone. Um, And I was just like, yo, I can leave now. I can catch the first flight out that's available. It's a two-hour drive from the girl to the airport. And I'll just jump on. I think there was like a six o'clock flight. That was like the earliest flight I could have taken out. And you were pretty much just like, I don't want you to take that two-hour drive alone to the airport and then travel by yourself So don't even worry about it because you can't do anything by the time you get here. So I said, are you sure? Because I can leave at this point. At this point, they were just doing like a boat ride that day or something. And I was planning to come home on Monday anyway. Um, And you were just like, no, I don't want you traveling alone. So (laughs) I probably should have followed my mind in that moment and still came home. Because again, this was another version of DeVal saying, go ahead, do that. Everything's okay when everything is not okay. And you can tell everybody your reply to me on Sunday.
0: Well, no, well, well, initially what I thought was, first of all, I didn't know what the flights was. I didn't look at the flights. I felt like you should have came home on Saturday right after the night of the wedding. I felt like you could have caught a, a late flight home. I don't know what the flights There's are. There's no or flights. I it's like, like, like two you flights out caught. of Jamaica. Yeah. Right. So I felt like you either could have came home Saturday night or early Sunday morning. The reason why I told you not to do all of that once, once you said it is because you didn't even say to me Babe, do you think I should come home? I said to you, I wish you were here. I said, if it were me, I would have came home. And then you reluctantly said, fine, I'll come home. You didn't say, hey, babe, I'm going to come home.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: said to you, I said, you know, it's funny that... And this and this is really what pissed me off. When you were going through everything with your postpartum preeclampsia, I was supposed to go to Soul Train uh, to, to pump... I was, this is was my first time presenting at an award show. And... Kadeen had got sick the two days prior, and that whole time when Kadeen was sick, I didn't sleep at all. I drove there. I drove her there at night. I came back, dropped the kids to school, dropped the kids to practice, went back to the hospital. Every night I did that, I only slept about two or three hours. When it was time for me to leave, I said, babe, I'm not going to Soul Train. I'm going to stay here. You then said to me, no, you have to go. This is a great opportunity. I went to Soul Train. When I got to New York, you immediately got upset at me and said that you were upset because you really didn't want me to go, but you felt like I should have stayed. So my thing was, is when the tables were turned, you felt like I should have stayed, even though you told me to go. But then when you had an opportunity to do the same thing, you chose to stay there instead of come home. And I felt like that was kind of opportunistic that when the tables were turned, you knew what I should have did, even though you told me not to. But then when you had a chance to do the same thing, you didn't choose the same thing. You chose to stay there in Jamaica. And the reason why I told you not to come at that Sunday is because we had spoke at that point, it was Sunday like 11, 12 o'clock. It was 8 a.m. Well, if it was 8 a.m., it's a two-hour ride. You said you weren't going to be able to get to Jamaica, and um, get on until a 6 o'clock flight. How long is the flight?
1: Uh, Like maybe three hours, I think. Three hours. Yeah, so you get maybe. home at
0: 9. After you get home at 9, uh, Black would drop you back here. You would get home at 10 o'clock. That's the whole day. For you to travel mm-hmm. by yourself that whole time to not even get here in time to help with anything because at that point, the kids would be in bed. It seems like A risk I didn't want you to take traveling by yourself to Mm -hmm. be here not to be able to help. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, once again, I'm considering your safety and your health and everything for you, but no one is ever considering me. On top of that, I did feel like when your mom needs me, your dad, your brother, your sister, or Brendan, they call me. They FaceTime me. Hey, bro, this is what I need. I'm there. Mm -hmm. When I needed someone, no one reached out to me. So it wasn't just you. I felt like your whole family was there in Jamaica enjoying themselves. The only person that sent me a text twice was mom. Mimi sent me two texts. Mm -hmm. But other than that, no one reached out to see if DeVal was okay. I'm not in attendance. Something must be wrong with DeVal, but no one reaches out to DeVal. But the minute someone needs something, let me call DeVal. I just felt like that was fucked up. Gotcha. So when Sunday came and then you had said to me, I was explaining to you how everything was going on the weekend. We were upset. And I said, my biggest concern, Kay, is that I go back to work on Monday and I'm not well enough to work. And I get sent home and the production stops. And you said to me, well, then maybe you shouldn't go into work if you're still sick. And I just felt like in that moment that that was selfish, that you would tell me maybe it would be best for me to stay home. And I was just like, well, when are you going to tell yourself it was best for you to come home? It just seems like everything was always on me to stop what I'm doing when I'm trying to take care of everybody else when all you wanted to do was have a good time in Jamaica. You see what I'm saying? That's how I felt in the moment. Was that your intentions? No, but that's how I felt. I just felt like I'm here handling everything as always and you go out to have a good time and then you tell me maybe I shouldn't go into work. I was thinking, I can't not go into work. It's, A week before Thanksgiving, if I don't go into work, the production can't go on. There's 300 staff members who are probably looking for these checks to to pay for bills through the holidays. I can't just not show up. So I'm trying to do everything to be able to be there for myself, for my family, and for everyone else. And I felt like you in that moment were only thinking about being in Jamaica for the wedding. So that's what hurt my feelings. On top of the fact that I still was just burnt out. Like the whole year had me burnt out. And I hadn't heard from your family either. You know, it just felt like I'm handling everything and you and your family get a chance to enjoy Jamaica. And on top of that, you were sending me pictures and videos of everyone enjoying themselves and I was not enjoying myself here. I was struggling and I was stressed and I was worried. So Sunday, that's when I blacked out and we were arguing with each other and screaming and cursing at each other and mad at each other and hanging up the phone. Because at that point, I felt like I couldn't even express how I felt without you trying to defend your reason for staying. And at that moment, I didn't want to hear any defense or any justifications. I did want my, my feelings validated. And in our relationships, in most relationships, I even saw a meme on social media. A woman posted a meme that said there's a lot of men losing good women because they'd rather justify their actions than validate hurt feelings. And I feel like when the tables are turned and a man's feelings are hurt, There's no validating his feelings. It's always, well, I did this because of these reasons. And it's like, I'm not saying that your reasons aren't valid, but you can't tell me that your reasons didn't hurt my feelings. And I felt like in those moments, you were telling me my feelings shouldn't be hurt because you had every right to do things the way you did. That's why I got so upset on Sunday. On top of that, I wasn't trying to be a burden. So I was trying my hardest to be in good spirits and I couldn't shake it. I just was not in good spirits that whole weekend.
1: May I interject or may I speak now? Yes. That was a mouthful. So I can't even remember everything you said because I had a lot of points that came and and went. And I realized in just listening to you now, this is something that I learned about when we have our debates, I need to take notes because I feel like I need to interject sometimes on a moment, not to defend myself, but to just give you clarity about something you say. So I don't forget. (laughs) Because now Mm -hmm. I'm like thinking I'm going to forget everything I wanted to say while you were saying it. I'll start with first off, Do you understand the the, um, oxymoron in you saying what you just said? I was trying to make sure that everybody was okay, so I wasn't really saying how I felt. But then you also were saying, I was trying to say how I felt. And I was telling everybody that I didn't feel good, but I did feel okay enough to go back to work. So in that, I feel like there was just like this duality of you saying like, I'm okay, but I'm not okay. And I really didn't know which one it was. You and I'm always that? accustomed to and I'm always accustomed to you being okay. So what where I went wrong in that moment is that I just erred on the side of Deval's typically always okay or devout will figure it out because you always do. And I had never seen you in that moment where you were literally on really literally on the brink of not just a physical snap, but like a mental snap. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that's where you were with it. You know, because of course I'm not in the same space as you. So that's where confusion comes. When it comes to my family, you said, mom, texts you twice. My dad, Sakari, Tristan, Brendan, Christine, everyone, literally, I, w- I would say literally like every hour, two hours was just like, damn, I wish DeVal was here. Damn, I w-. like we literally thought about you the entire time. And they would ask me, how's DeVal doing? Did you speak to DeVal? Is he cool? How's everything? Are the kids still sick? They were asking me those questions. And they didn't hit you directly, which is what you preferred and you wanted.
0: How was I supposed to know?
1: Right. Right. You weren't supposed to know that because I wasn't going to say, hey, everyone's asking for you all the time either because I felt like that would be also adding insult to injury that you're not there and you wanted to be there so badly. So it's like I was trying to toe the line between Having you feel included like you were there, but then also being sensitive to the fact that you might have been having a little bit of FOMO that you weren't there. So I didn't want to tell you every 2.5 seconds that everybody kept asking for you and everybody would say, I didn't want to tell you that Tiffany cried the morning of her wedding because you couldn't be there. She was like, I literally felt like my brother, like my only, but she's an only child. She's like, I feel like my brother is not here for my wedding day, for the happiest day of my life. I don't want to rub that in your face. A, you're not feeling well, and B, you can't be there. So I was just like, damn, I'm not going to keep telling you every single time somebody's asking for you or every time somebody's just like, damn, I wish DeVal was here. But to your point, they're adults. They could have taken the initiative to text you directly if that's what they probably knew you needed. But them touching base with you, I guess through me, they were just like, okay, at least we're checking on DeVal to make sure she's he's okay because I'm your wife. I'm naturally going to be in touch with you. So, that gripe that you've had with my family not checking in with you, that's something that you've spoken to them directly about. And you had a whole conversation yeah, I, with I my family yeah. after that, which I appreciate because a lot of times family stuff can fester. You know, you and I have an argument. It spills over onto family and then mm-hmm. it can cause animosity and linger. But DeVal spoke to my sister, my brother, Brandon, about how he felt. Yeah. And everything was at least clarified, right? Um, so that was another thing. You making the correlation between me having the postpartum episode that I had with Coda and having to be hospitalized and this. I think we both are guilty of knowing that we may not be okay in that moment, but wanting something so bad for the other. I agree. That we say, go ahead and do it, right? So it's not that I was thinking back to that moment of when I had the postpartum preclamptia while I was in Jamaica and thinking, oh, well, I told the Val to go to Soul Train, but... I really wanted him to be here. I didn't think about that in that moment to make the correlation. But since you've made the correlation after the fact, it wasn't for lack of me trying to be selfish in the moment and saying, damn, Davao, don't go to Soul Train and miss out on this, you know, new, big first time opportunity. Your mom was going to be presented or, you know, be Mm -hmm. your date that night. So if you didn't go, it would disappoint her. You know, she was looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I had made plans for her hair, her makeup, her dress. So I had done all this to help your mom get ready for Soul Train. You didn't know that this was going to happen. And in that moment, I felt like, you know what? I'll be okay. I'm in the hospital. So I, I'm under the care of somebody who, worst case scenario, something goes wrong. Once I get home, I have my parents here. I'll be okay. The same way I thought, okay, well, if Deval's at home and he has his parents there who are fully functioning adults that are, I trust with him and my children, his grandparents are there, his sister's there... I felt like, okay, he would be okay because he has the help. When ultimately in both situations, we both just wanted each other. Yeah. And that was where the conflict arose. So everything else could be happening around it and we can get upset about everything else that transpired, but it ultimately boiled down to when you're in a moment where you feel like you are at your lowest, you don't feel well, you're physically off, emotionally off, mentally off, you just want your person. Yes. And at least we can agree on that. But in the moment, I didn't see it as such because I'm always so used to DeVal being okay. And that's why now, and after this whole argument moving forward, I try to be very, very deliberate about saying, DeVal, are you okay? Do you need anything for me? How is your mental space? How do you feel mentally? I'm always asking now, because after that whole break, now I know that you can't always have everything. You're Superman in my eyes. You're Superman to our children. You're Superman to a lot of people, but you're also a human being. And I need to be more mindful of really investigating that and knowing when I need to ask those questions to you and not just assume that because for the past 20 years, Deval always had it in hard times or not, that you're always going to have it.
0: Okay. Well, my issue with your, your family is that they don't reach out to you as a screener when they need something, they call me directly. Mm-hmm. So when I'm not doing well, I don't need them to look to you as a screener before contacting me. I hear you. To me, that's just not, that 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 to me seems very opportunistic. When you need something from DaVal, you can call DaVal directly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But if DaVal is hurting or DaVal needs something, let me ask Kay. And if Kay says he's fine, then I don't have to call. That seems like a cop-out. That's what I explained to your sister. That's what I explained to Tristan and Brendan. And they agreed. Mm-hmm. Brendan was like, yo, like, nah, we should have reached out to you. And mm-hmm. Sakari said, yeah, we we should have reached out to you. Yeah. So my feelings were hurt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: On top of the fact that I wasn't feeling well and I was not in a good mental space, a lot of this stuff was an extra sensitive version of DeVal. And I can admit that. And nobody was used I was, to that. Because I was going through something. Like, I was going through something. Even mm-hmm. prior to me getting my feelings hurt, I was already, like, on the, on the edge because of the burnout from the entire year. Mm-hmm. So I can honestly say, if it was a normal day and nobody reached out to me, I probably wouldn't have cared. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it was like the perfect storm of events that put me in this situation where I wasn't acting as myself. And that's why I called. And this is an important uh, anecdote to the story. After I did get upset and we got into our cursing match and your sister heard me uh, explain how I felt about everybody. This was on the Monday. This was on the Monday. Mm -hmm. Because, and this is what I explained on, on the Monday. I was now back at work and I was trying to get through the day, trying to get through the day. And it was lunchtime. And once again, I had FaceTimed you on lunchtime and you were out on the beach in a bikini and then you started talking to me about something that happened during the weekend. And I had to just be honest with you and be like, "Hey, I don't want to hear about anything that's happening that happened on the weekend. Like that was not a good time for me. So you telling me about the fun moments kind of triggered me and I snapped again because I was like, I don't want to hear it. And then I explained to you why I didn't want to hear it. And while I was explaining it, Sakari overheard me explain it, and she got her feelings hurt because she heard me say that everybody can call me when they need something, but when I needed everybody, no one was there for me. Mm -hmm. And she felt like she didn't want to ever be a burden. And I was like, I was not saying that she was a burden. What Mm -hmm. I was saying was when I needed the people who I'm always there for, nobody was there for me. I wasn't calling anybody a burden, but she received it that way.
1: Well, no, what you you said that made her feel a way was that you said everybody's in Jamaica having a good time when you afforded them the opportunity to go and you weren't there. So she felt like she was being some sort of financial burden because you paid for the trip, which in turn wasn't necessarily true, but I think that's how she took it. She felt like she was being maybe some sort of financial burden because you afforded her the opportunity to go. And that's when she kind of felt bad.
0: I didn't say anything about affording everybody the trip. I I said I afforded everybody the opportunity to live their life that they did. Because your parents are your parent, your mom is retired and gets to live with us. Your dad now lives with us. I do a lot of stuff financially for your whole family. No,
1: absolutely. And people but have in that the moment, freedom to move. About...
0: I get it, but people have the freedom to move and go on places on Jamaica because of the work that I put in to allow yeah. them to move freely. No, no, no. I so agree. yeah, so I did say that, mm-hmm. but I was speaking to you. But I never said that I didn't want to do that. No, no. My yeah, issue was no. that I enjoy being able to be that for people. But then when I needed someone, no one was there for me. Right. But I also did apologize to Sakari because of what my words, how my words made her feel. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And my biggest issue was that I can be big enough, even when I'm in my worst moment, Mm -hmm. to call people and say, you know what? I'm, I should have never said that that way. And I should have never, you shouldn't have even heard that conversation. Mm-hmm. You never expressed to me that Sakari was there listening. Right. You interject a lot when I'm talking, but at no point did you say, devout, slow down, Sakari was there. Right. So to me, I kind of felt like, why did you not even at least let me know that? But I? Okay. but I was like, fine, I have to own the fact that I said something that hurt someone's feelings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The thing that bothered me the most about that whole weekend is that at no point, did anyone acknowledge that my feelings were hurt? All I kept hearing was justifications about why you did what you did and why you didn't call and why there was no calls and you called my dad and you called my mom. And I'm like, here, once again, it's now Monday. I'm calling. I, I have to apologize or I have to make sure everyone else is okay and still the Val's feelings aren't even being acknowledged. And to me, I just felt like throughout the whole course of that weekend, it was event after event after event of Deval trying to make sure everyone else is okay and everyone else just saying Deval is fine so we don't have to worry about it. And I can't blame anybody else but myself. That, and, and this is the truth. I don't even, now thinking, thinking back on it, and this is why I've been able to move forward and not be upset at you or be upset at anybody else is because I am to blame for that. I never at any point said, and this was part of what you said in the very beginning, your partner is not a mind reader. If you don't, if, if, when you say you're okay, don't expect your partner to what? Know that you're not okay, right? Right. When you did that to me in Soul Train and told me that I can go, even though I waited to the last minute to leave and then I, I drove you from the hospital back home and made everything sure was good and then I got there and you were upset at me and, and you were upset that I was gone and everything, I felt the same way. I felt like, I'm not a mind reader, Kay. Remember I said that? Mm-hmm. But then I, this opportunity came and I expected you to be a mind reader and I realized that I can't do that. So that's how I've been able to move forward is in saying that I am I expected you to be a mind reader based on the fact that when the tables were turned and you felt the way, you knew what it felt like. So I felt like, dang, she knows what it felt feels like to be on this end of it. Why would she not then, based on how she felt, say, you know what? When that was the other way around, I was upset. And I did tell Deval to go, let me just take my ass home. And I felt like you chose to do what was convenient for you at the time, which was go to Jamaica. And that's what continued to hurt me. You know what I'm saying?
1: Hey, I completely get it. Um, we've rehashed this time and time again. And I think I can ultimately chalk it up to me just not really investigating how you felt. And maybe knowing you enough to know that you probably were going to say that you're okay when you're not. When we had the conversation on the phone on Monday now, because it's the day I'm traveling back, you asked me for photos of myself that morning. Because mm-hmm. I, I told you I was putting on my swimsuit, going to buy the pool just to mm-hmm. kill some time before we were getting picked up for the airport. Sent you photos. You sent back all the heart eyes and emojis and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Told me you couldn't wait till I got home. So when I sat down on the pool chair close to my sister... And we were FaceTiming. We were just talking about a bunch of random things. I think it was Mm -hmm. just kind of like a touch base. You sounded okay. You were back to work. And then I started to mention something about a story that happened. And that's when you snapped. And to be honest, the reason why I didn't just stop you in that moment is because A, I was kind of shocked at like where it went because I felt like I was getting two different versions of you the entire weekend. Mm -hmm. I was getting, you were either super upset or you were fine. And you were yourself. Mm -hmm. And I I was confused because I was just like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Like, one minute you seem like you're okay. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: The next minute you're flying off the handle. And I didn't know what was going on. So when my sister overheard what you said, she was just like, whoa. Like, okay, I I never want to be like seen as somebody who's just like a moocher or somebody who is, you know, just along for the ride. Like, you know, that's not me. Like, I don't function like that. And she said, if that's the way DeVal really feels, then that's going to change a lot of stuff for us. So I was like, I almost didn't know what to say to her because I was just like, I couldn't even believe what was happening. And I was just so confused by the entire weekend because I kept getting so many different versions of you that I was like, I just have to get home and just talk to you face to face to see exactly how you felt. Because it just none of us were accustomed to the DeVal that we got that weekend as things progressed and got worse through Sunday and Monday. So when I finally got home and we were able to talk about everything, I was able to see more like, okay, wow, this is exactly how you felt. You're telling me now in the flesh in that moment. I saw how hurt you were by the entire weekend. I saw that the culmination of all the events of the year really just took a a huge mental toll Mm -hmm. on you. Um, Filming that last two weeks in November... That you did, having had the year that you had, knowing how stressful the situation was, I probably should have taken it upon myself to be like, damn, I know how stressful filming at TPS is. Let me Mm -hmm. try to make certain provisions to make sure that you were going to be okay. Then I also kind of felt like your dad then in that me getting back sooner wasn't necessarily going to cure whatever you had going on. So I was like, let me lean into whatever medical professionals I know that are in Georgia that can actually help you. In turn, me trying to get the nurse to come to the house and me trying to make sure, like, did you need extra freaking, you know, liquid IV? What did you need to make sure that you were going to at least be able to make it to work on Monday? Me telling you that maybe you can't go to work on Monday was me trying to say to I know you're always thinking about everybody else. And if you are physically not in a space to be able to work, if you're mentally not in a space to be able to work, then you may have to consider that. And you didn't want to hear that. But it was really me just saying not to just blow you off and say, well, figure things out and don't go to work because I'm having a blast here without you in Jamaica. Because the first thing I said when you said you couldn't come was that shit, like I'm so mad you can't come because I'm so disappointed. All I wanted was for you to be there. So it wasn't even about that. I was more so at this point saying, if you can't work, you maybe need to take a day and actually get better. Take the weekend, take the Monday, take the Tuesday. And I'm like, people adjust all the time. Why would they not be able to adjust if you who was always fine, always on point, always delivering. Why wouldn't it be why wouldn't people be able to make adjustments if that's what you needed for your health? But I think you took it as me just trying to find every way to disregard how you felt and that wasn't it.
0: No, I didn't I didn't take it as that. What I took it as was you and I have different responsibilities in life. Right? And I feel like you don't understand the full scope of the stress that goes on being the provider and protector. Mm-hmm. For example, you wake up on a random Monday, if you don't feel like posting anything, mm-hmm. if you don't feel like going to meetings, if mm-hmm. you don't feel like doing nothing, you have the autonomy to say, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. Because the mortgage is due on the first. The That's car fair. notes are due on the first. Mm-hmm. So I, I operate in a space of, especially being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. with a, a multi-million dollar media business I can't just say I'm not going in Mm -hmm. because we do have people that work with us. We have partners that work with us who require payment. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, we have people who make money based on the things that we do. Mm -hmm. So I, I do feel like in general, but Mm -hmm. also in this moment in particular, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it felt okay for you to say, just don't go in Mm -hmm. because of the lifestyle I've been able to provide you to, to say that, but I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, it was insensitive for you to say that to me because you don't understand the stresses that I go through every day, whether it's not feeling well to take Jackson to practice. There are there are moments in the day where I feel like I'm just not enough as a father. I'm not enough as a husband. I'm not enough as a business partner because I'm always, like, for example, you know how many times I've had to cancel a, a FaceTime session for running lines or missing uh, a table read because I will not miss Jackson's practice.
1: No, or I get I, that.
0: You know what I'm saying? So This time
1: a- I offer to take him and you're like, right. no, I'm going to take him. Like Jack DeVal, you, you, you can take.
0: But, but I can't though. I'm going to tell you why I can't. Right. When I missed his banquet, he I get said it. to me, I he get said it. to you, this is why I'll never be an actor because you miss moments like this. Yes. I'm under a different type of stress I understand. than you are. I understand. so I just felt like in that moment and and here's the truth about that you can't possibly know that level of stress because I take it upon myself to remove that level of stress from absolutely. you absolutely which is why I say I can't be mad at anybody but myself right from that Friday when I wasn't feeling well, remember I kept saying to you, baby, this is all my fault I can't blame nobody but myself I was running myself into the ground
1: absolutely literally
0: not just physically but also mentally. Mm-hmm. Another reason why, and this is just, I want to just throw this anecdote in here because I think it's important for young entrepreneurs to understand this. The money I was going to make from that filming that time, a large portion of that was going to go pay bonuses for Christmas. Mm -hmm. My thought process was, if I don't finish filming, Mm -hmm. how am I going to tell the people that have worked for me hard for the past 10 and a half months that I can't give you the bonus that you deserve and worked for mm-hmm. because I couldn't make it through the last five days of filming. You understand what I'm saying? I you had no it, idea no, I had that no that idea. was my thought process, so I can't even blame you for it that. It was just last
1: shout after, last shout after, and I was so confused.
0: And, and it was me also trying to be the strong, okay, Devout, you know, you, you got this, you got this. Hey, babe, send me some pictures. I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then... And this is where the the miscommunication comes in mm-hmm. I'm trying my hardest to be strong and I'm trying my hardest to say babe there's nothing wrong I'm fine mm-hmm. until something triggers me and it's just like I'm not fine why the fuck would you th-? and then it's just like yep. and it's just like I have I have to moving forward and this is going to be a large part of my ministry when I speak to men who want to be in leadership positions mm-hmm you have to find a way to communicate to your partner when you're not okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not weak. It's and and not only just your partner, your business partners.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. You know what I'm
0: saying? Like you have to find a way to communicate to people that, yo, I might need a minute. Right. Because even I, your children. We can we can agree to disagree on that.
1: when I said not being super transparent, you don't have to be as transparent with your children, but you can also let them know like, "Hey, This is how daddy's feeling. I'm going to do my best to do what I need to
0: do. I get what you're saying. I just feel like.
1: Different levels to it.
0: I feel like. I I agree with you on that. I just feel like children aren't emotionally mature enough to understand when dad says, you know, I got to go to work to provide. I've tried. Mm -hmm. And even though I've tried, I see Jackson's eyes well up. And he'll say to me, no, I get it. Mm-hmm. And his eyes well up, and then I'm not there for something. Then he says to you, "Mom, this is why." Yeah. And it's like, dang, he yeah. he really can't understand yeah. me trying to ask my children to understand.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just got to try to be there as much as I can.
2: I got you. But
0: my business partner, you're a grown adult. Yeah. You, if you have kids, you understand. Mm-hmm. My wife, we're we're adults. We can have that conversation. So mm-hmm. I feel like moving forward, I have to do better because I feel like I caused everybody around me a lot of grief. Yes. While trying to be super strong. And there was no benefit to it, mm-hmm. especially for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? There, there was no benefit because we didn't come to any reconciliation until mm-hmm. you came home.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Kadeen and I decided we need to get, there was a time I don't think anybody knew, but you and I decided we needed to go away out of the house, not to an island and all this. We need to go away, stay in an Airbnb, and let's just sit and talk for a couple of days. hmm Cause I came home that day and I felt like something had broke in me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was abandoned. I felt like no one really cared about mm-hmm. DeVal the person. They only cared about what DeVal can provide. Mm-hmm. And I hated feeling like that. Right. And it was depressing the shit out of me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was just like, why do I feel this way? Is it them making me feel this way? Or is it something I'm making myself feel?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's when I really wanted to talk to you about it mm-hmm. and, Having the conversations and hearing your perspective from that side made me realize that there's no way in hell Kadeen could have known things were as bad on this side because I do a good job of letting yes. Kadeen feel like you're everything's actor, always love. okay. no, seriously, like <laughs> you're an actor. no, no, seriously. like think about all of the the men recently who have committed suicide, and everybody mm-hmm. was just oh. like. It was just like why? Now I was nowhere near suicide. Mm-hmm. So I don't even want to equate what I was feeling in that moment to what they're feeling. But they also did a good job of making everyone feel like everything was okay until it wasn't okay. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that. Yeah. Not Which to the extent. To death. You know, not not to the extent of where I was thinking about harming myself, mm-hmm. but it did make me realize like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. How do I expect people to be there for me when they don't even know that they need to be there for me? That
1: was it, Deval. That was it. And that's when after you expressed all of these things, then I had to reach out to a couple of people in our life, in your life, to say, I know Deval always presents that he's okay, but he's not. So just love on him a little bit more. Touch base with him a little bit more. See how he's doing because I felt like that's something that you needed in that moment. I also felt like this moment in Jamaica and the whole argument that happened was very triggering for you because your entire life, everyone always assumed since you were a kid that DeVal got it. DeVal's going to be okay. DeVal is the firstborn leader. He's going to take care of everybody else after him. Like you were given that responsibility, which you've spoken about and we talk about more in the book. Um, where you were given all this responsibility early on because your parents just had to work and they had yeah. to find a way to to provide for you and your, your, your brother and your sister. So you were forced to just always be okay. And people expected it and just knew that you were always going to be okay because you would always figure things out. So I think that that whole situation was triggering for you because here was another moment where you legitimately weren't feeling well and you needed people, but everyone expected you to be okay because right. you always are
0: right. and you weren't. Yeah, I agree. Um, and in full transparency, I can I can be accountable for myself, but I I do also think that you and and your family need to be accountable for the fact that there is always two seconds in a day where you can say, "Let me reach out to the person that matters to me." And Absolutely. I felt like on that Saturday, mm-hmm. I know you had a lot going on, and you had said to me on that Saturday, "Well, I had responsibilities as a matron of honor, as if I was supposed to just understand that." Mm-hmm. And I felt like I don't give a fuck about that. You have responsibilities as a wife, right. like. Like, your, your responsibilities as a wife come before any other title you have except for motherhood. I agree. And I felt like in, the, in that moment, you chose that that was more important. And I felt like, and this is just me speaking where, where I felt like you weren't holding yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. I just felt like you were saying to me, well, I didn't have time to vow. I didn't have time to vow. And I'm like, to pick up the phone and check on somebody... Takes thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that there was no point during that day on the Saturday because I didn't see you the whole Saturday except for early in the morning, mm-hmm. and then Sunday. Like we spoke early in the morning. And I Facetime you. Facetimed me, mm-hmm. but for the rest of the day, I hadn't even seen my wife.
1: Well, but- I was sending you photos and stuff, so I thought that like me texting you back and forth and trying to keep you in the loop was me trying to be in touch with you. And no, then I, I, know that. That it, I know that it was very far and few in between. I think we had one interaction between the hours of like 4 p.m. when the wedding started and then 9.30. And that it
0: interaction was the, wedding was and the reception. For about 20 seconds. Right, and
1: it was a quick like touch base about something. And then right. you didn't hear from me again. So it, it, I understand how you feel. And I'll say that I could have every hour just picked up the phone and said, hey, just checking on you. Hey, just checking on you. Hey, just checking I, on you. But say- I was also battling with, do I keep doing that to l- remind him that he's not here or do I just kind of okay. let it be? Like you know, I was I also battling because I didn't know what what you were feeling. Legitimately, I hear
0: what you're saying, but if I'm being honest, that just sounds like excuses to me. Because when I was at Soul Train, there wasn't, and I didn't check on you every hour, but there was no point where a long period of time didn't go by where I didn't I didn't call you and say, "Yo, I'm at Soul Train. Look at this." I said, "How are you feeling, babe?" Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've always done that. Like mm-hmm. I've always put your health, your mental health, your well being first even when it was the most important thing in my life at that point, that was my first time presenting at an award show Mm -hmm. and taking my mom, I still had the mental fortitude to say, let me check on my wife.
1: It wasn't no- Because you not be a basket case, y'all.
0: I mean, we both basket (laughs) cases, clearly. You know what I'm saying? Well, you were
1: an extra basket case that nobody had ever seen before in this particular moment. You're never like that. Right, right.
0: You're right. So it was different. You're right. I'll admit that. Like, I'm used (laughs) to you being a basket case, so I know how to move. I I will admit that. Like, I'm- (laughs) I'm not going to absolve myself. That's right. what I'm not trying to do. Right. I'm, I'm not, not trying
1: to absolve myself either though right. cuz I could have right. done more. You and know I, what I'm saying? I could have.
0: And I and I do feel like sometimes the communication the miscommunication just comes from you know like just just check on me, bro. Like mm-hmm. just just check on me and and the miscommunication also comes from let me be honest. Right. Babe, 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 right. how you feeling? That's the overarching Divine. topic like, here.
1: Y'all listen to this entire back and forth, no, I feel like, I, for the whole hour. I but feel like
0: it's good because I don't even want to do listener letters. I, yeah. I, I want to do moment of truth.
1: So let's do things a little unconventional for this show, right? So we won't do listener letters because I feel like we both had a... This is like our listener yeah, this letter is like our listen,
0: I, We was our own listener letter. Exactly. <laughs> we were
1: presenting y'all with what the disagreement yes. was. So let's take a quick break and so we can jump right into whatever our moment of truth is for the episode. Let's do it. Deal? Do All right. Do it. We'll be back.
0: but all year long.
1: That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart.
0: That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine.
2: I'm Elia Connie,
0: and this is Family Therapy.
1: In my best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it.
0: i never seen a man
2: We do today. We did good. The Black Effect presents family therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half.
1: All right, y'all. So we're back. Uh, so go ahead, jump into moment of truth, babe.
0: So, so this is my moment of truth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As a man who claims to be a leader, and and a provider and a protector of my family, I have to be honest when my wife says, "Yo, how you feeling?" I have to be honest to say, "Babe, I don't feel good." Mm-hmm. And if you've noticed, I've been more honest and yes. upfront with you and my business partners about stuff who are not that's not rubbing me mm-hmm. the right way. Right, I've, I've made it a choice. I mean, you guys don't know everybody in the podcast crew, but this year I've made it a point that when I have an issue with someone or something doesn't make me feel uncomfortable, I'm going to say it in real time because mm-hmm. I don't want it to fester and it become a thing where months later go by or years later and the vow blows up and they're like, yo, he didn't say nothing the whole time. That's on me. Mm-hmm. So my moment of truth is for gentlemen. If you honestly don't feel good about something or don't feel good, Say something in real time. Don't expect people to know because that's a huge miscommunication.
1: That's a good one. So Triple had a list of, you know, how to communicate effectively and I kind of skimmed through it. And I think one thing that I can take from it is finding a way to assert yourself without being disruptive, dismissive, or demoralizing. Clearly stating your issue and how you'd like to resolve it. So for me, I feel like I'm still trying to figure out what this dance is of, expressing how I feel without having the feeling to want to interject every time you say something that may, in my mind, need clarity. And when there is a miscommunication that arises, I feel like in general, and this can work for men or women, really try to listen. And if it requires that, you, it might seem extreme. Like I said, take notes on the bullet points nah, or moments fair. that you said. Like, I, I don't want that's to forget fair. something, and I also want to be able to... I never thought
0: about that, but that's fair. Yeah. As a debate team person... Right, I I get that, so I get it.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's what I need to do sometimes because you just see me interjecting as A, being disrespectful or just trying to be disruptive or dismissive of how you feel in that moment. But in me, it sparks a moment of like, oh no, like I think you might have misunderstood. Because ultimately what we want to gain is understanding, right? Correct. Of how the other person feels so we can move accordingly. So if I feel like you may have a misunderstanding with something you say in that moment, I need to then interject and say, hold on you're mistaking how I feel or you're mistaking what I did where I should, like we practiced today, you saying your piece, asking if Mm -hmm. you're okay and you're done and can I interject or can I now speak? Um, That way it gives a better strategy, I think, for a nice kind of dance where we go back and forth where it's not a back and forth that's, combative or it feels like you're just being defensive, which I get to tend to be labeled a lot whenever we have disagreements. So moment of truth time, if it needs or if it requires for you to keep track of your ideas and your thoughts mid-conversation so that way you can then not necessarily refute your argument, but just say how you felt and how the other may have misconstrued what you said, do that. Take your notes Mm -hmm. and be able to eloquently express how you feel so that there becomes ultimately understanding and clarity.
0: No, I understand where you're coming from because I never even thought about it until you said it. Once again, this is me thinking that everyone, everyone's mind operates like mine. Yes. Being a member of the debate team, you can't interrupt someone while they're debating. Mm-hmm. So if we're having a conversation, I typically let you get all your thoughts out Yes. beforehand. So then when I start to talk and then you cut me off, it is yes. a sign of disrespect, especially in debates because it's like I can't even finish my thought without yes. you cutting me off. Right. And it's like I just let you speak. And then I'm used to remembering The points that I want to review And then going back to it Mm -hmm. But I know it may not be an exercise That you've done your whole life
1: Literally an exercise And I get that Yeah Because when you had your whole Run of show For what happened on Sunday I was like oh shoot Okay There's Soul Train Awards Okay Soul Train Awards And I'm like okay The flight I didn't book the flight Okay So I'm literally And then I find myself Almost now not listening to you Because I'm trying to remember What I want to talk about
0: I'm glad you said that Because that's how I feel then I'll be forgetting what happens I'm glad you said that Because that's how I feel I feel like I'll be talking sometimes and you'll stop listening to what I'm saying and you want to argue the one point that you want to get across and I'm like, did you not listen to anything else I said? And Look I'm at like, that. I'm not going to argue with you about a minute point that wasn't even my whole point and you're just like, but I want to make sure that you understand this. Yeah. But now I understand why.
1: That's exactly what happened. So again, something new that we learned today. And, is and great. this is important
0: for everyone to see. <laughs> like, This is why we never claim to be experts because we are still learning about each other mm-hmm. and we are still loving on each other, but that doesn't mean that everything is perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that doesn't mean that sure when you don't. see us on social media or since we wrote a book, that man, th- when they have disagreements, they just sit down like adults. No, sometimes we be screaming and hollering and cursing and walking away, and it's like, yo, let's reel this back in. Mm-hmm. But we also both are dedicated to the process. Of learning each other so that we can be better the next time. Absolutely.
1: All right, y'all. Hope this helped. Uh, If you were able to pull any, you know, tips and... and, things that you can utilize within your own relationship. I think it's just at this point not just a, a man and woman thing, it's a person thing. Like, yes. what style of argument or style of debate are you? And now that Jackson has joined the debate team, you can give him tips about it cuz I yeah. sure as hell don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> half the time. All right, y'all. Um still writing for listener letters, so I'm going to still tag that there even though we didn't get a chance to get to it cuz we had real life listener letters right yes. here today. If you want to be featured as a listener letter and you had some argument with Bay and you say, "You know what? I don't know if he's right or she's right or she's right or she's right or he's or he's right whatever <laughs> go ahead and email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com
0: that's d-e-a-d a-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com.
1: And be sure to find us on Patreon, y'all. We are there giving you exclusive Deadass Podcast video content and so much more of the Ellis family there. So be sure to sign up and you can find us on social media. The podcast page is Deadass the Podcast and I'm Kadeen I am on Instagram
0: and TikTok. And that's at I am on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Deadass, y'all. Dead Ass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Dead Ass the Podcast and never miss a thing.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you,